I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. This must be Christmas. It's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104. Do we all know what movie this is from? Space Odyssey. There you go. 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, I've seen bits of it. I haven't seen the full thing, but I think I want to go see the full thing. Because it turns out that what happened in 2001 A Space Odyssey is now happening here on planet Earth. So has 2020 delivered the final blow to mankind, which is that aliens are here to wreck everything? I think so, yeah. Let's call a spade a spade here. Let's just, why don't we just say that, yep, it's aliens. Because it could be. Aliens. We're talking about the monolith, the 12 foot metallic monolith that appeared in the middle of the desert last week over in Utah. Yes. This was a, an incredibly strange, weird thing. Kind of like, as you put it, Saoirse, a mini spire, except not cylindrical, more of a rectangle, appeared in the middle of nowhere. Now, when we say in the middle of nowhere, this appeared, I would say, hundreds of miles from anyone, any place, anything. And the only reason they found it was they're like, park rangers over there were in a helicopter counting sheep out in the wild and discovered a monolith in the middle of nowhere it's like putting this in the middle of uh, Connemara somewhere that you can kind of so remote that you can't get to but they spotted it and then everyone went do you know what it is aliens and it could be aliens we don't know now the chances of this being found were kind of slim oh it's in the, literally in the middle of nowhere and i wonder how long it's been there this is the thing. How long has that monolith been sitting there in Utah? Could have been years. Could have been centuries. Maybe not centuries. If it was ancient aliens on the History Channel. Yeah, it was centuries. But um, we're going to be speaking to somebody who went out to the site there only a couple of days ago because the story gets even weirder. The monolith has since disappeared. Which is very strange. Now, lads, because this thing is not small. This thing is huge. It's a 12-foot metallic structure thing. And it appeared, and as soon as it appeared... It disappeared. A few days later, it disappeared. What are the chances? And is it because word got out that it's been discovered and it needed to be removed? And to make it even more weirder, a similar monolith, similar structure, a similar weird metallic statue thing has appeared in Romania. Yeah, and how would it get to Romania if it's the same statue? Teleporting. Yeah, because that's what aliens do. 
That's uh, that's what aliens. That's it's aliens. It's aliens. It's one hundred percent aliens. Let's just stop this now. We <laughs> know for a, a fact. Right. We've had COVID. We have had Brexit, and now we've aliens. So yeah. let's just. Are you shocked? No. no. They'll come in now. Imagine aliens did come in now, and they're just like, oh, "We are here." And we're like, "We haven't got time for you." If they walked in the studio now, I wouldn't flinch. Yeah, but like one lads, you're not wearing a mask. Two, you haven't washed your hands. Three, we can't be dealing with this. We cannot be dealing with aliens right now. Just give us. Come back in 2025 when yeah. we got everything sorted. We're not dealing with you right now. Otherwise, any other year, we would be in shock. The whole place would shut down and we would react. But we can't react anymore. Can't even do it. We're just so frustrated and exhausted and we're just like, we don't care. We don't care that there's aliens here. But listen, do you? Do you believe that this is aliens? Do you, one, think that we're alone in the universe? Which is so terrifyingly miserable. Do you know what comes into my head and shouldn't? Not alone. You know the dance song? Which one? We're not alone. Not in the end of time. (laughs) Open your eyes. (laughs) The aliens dancing around. <laughs> You're not alone. Little green man, little ETs coming in. <laughs> Just wrecking the rest of 2020 on us. <laughs> it's like, please no, make Just it give stop. Give us the Christmas for God's sake. Make it stop. No, let us know. Or, or do you think? Do you think this is a sign of aliens or not? Oh, it's seven six seven nine seven one zero four. But in even weirder news, weirder news. I did some digging around over the last few days. Right, if anyone has been watching The Crown. There is a certain individual in the crown called uh, Lord Mountbatten. I heard of that. And now you don't need to be watching the crown because he has been in the news recently over certain comments made by a certain TD from a certain political party over certain issues that have happened on this island many, many years ago. Lord Mountbatten was, of course, uh, murdered and killed by the IRA. Oh, my God. Back in the day. Okay, and that's a different conversation for another day. But did we know this about Lord Mountbatten? He was part of a working group like a a sort of tribunal, a sort of commission that was set up in 1952 by Winston Churchill investigating flying saucers around the UK and Ireland. What? So he was part of the first ever group called the Flying Saucer Working Party. And this is completely legit, by the way. Winston Churchill set it up after there was a spate of UFO scares in the United States in the 40s and 50s. I was big into my UFOs back in the day. You're a nerd. Yeah, big nerd. There was this magazine. I think it was called The X Factor. Are you sure it's not The X Files? Uh, No, it wasn't The X Files. It was The X something. Anyway, weekly magazine. Loads of different conspiracy stuff. Mm. Loved uh, the Roswell alien plane crash, which I think was in the 40s. And then there's the whole theory of when America started playing around with the nukes. And blowing up things out in the Nevada and White Sands. That's when all the alien sightings came. And they were like, lads, come on, what are you doing? Anyway, after that, and after the Americans officially started looking into the UFOs, Churchill turned around and set up the Flying Saucer Working Party. And Lord Mountbatten was one of the members on it. No way. There you go. So a weird, strange connection with with, with all of this for Ireland. Anyway, Hmm. uh, he had said, Churchill sent a memo to his air ministry saying, what does all this stuff about flying saucers amount to? What could it mean? What is the truth? Let me have a report at your convenience. And then after a year of investigating flying saucers around Ireland and the United Kingdom, do you know what they discovered? What did they discover? Absolutely nothing. Oh, for God's sake, what a letdown. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. But listen, listen, the conspiracy theorist in me says, of course they wouldn't uh, reveal that they'd found anything at all. What are they gaining from that? Secrecy. They have reverse engineered the technology to fuel their own advancements. So, of course, the government isn't going to come out and announce to the world that there's alien tech out there. But Lord Mountbatten, who was a figure here in our own history, was part of a working party investigating unidentified flying objects. Uh, here around Ireland and the UK. Apparently there's been tons of sightings. There's been books written on incidents that have happened in this country. Really? Yeah. 
And they just keep it secret. Well, I just maybe just it's the mainstream media suppressing all of the information and the stories on aliens. We need to find aliens in our lifetime. We just do. Uh, we do, you know, 100% we do. So listen, um, let us know your thoughts on this whole Utah monolith thing because it appeared out of nowhere. We've no idea how long it's been there. And it has since disappeared. And we know it has disappeared because one man and his other half went out on like a 10-hour journey and a, and a hike into the middle of nowhere at like 11, 12 o'clock at night and discovered that it was gone. And they were the first to reveal to the world that it has since disappeared. We managed to track that gentleman down. Uh, Ricardo Marino is his name. And he's been documenting all of this over the last few days. He's going to be on the line very, very shortly explaining exactly what happened, exactly how he found the situation, um, what was the area like where the monolith was and what does he think all of this means but you can let us know listen if you're a fan of aliens are we alone is there any aliens around Ireland it could be some in the doll they don't live on this world anyway they're on, living on a different planet huh listen uh, let us know 0876797104 but Ricardo will be on next talking about discovering that the monolith has di- had disappeared and his own experiences with UFO encounters that's on the way next FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long it's Cormac and Saoirse here and you know 2020 has probably been one of the strangest years on record and it got a little bit stranger there about a week or so ago I don't know if you've been following it but a 12 foot metallic structure a 12 foot monolith was found in the middle of nowhere in Utah um, and it kind of perplexed people people were saying it's definitely got to be aliens this is 100% aliens and then other people were like nah it's probably not it's probably humans but then things got weirder a few days after it was discovered because it has since gone missing and it has since disappeared and a similar structure has appeared over in Romania so no one has a clue what is going on but someone who has gone out to the site and was the very first to report the monolith was actually missing drove for hours and hours and hours into the middle of nowhere joins us on the line now to talk a little bit more about what's going on uh, ricardo marino sir how are things things are well how are you doing yeah we're doing pretty good now this is quite fascinating i want to believe that this is aliens that planted this in this location and that they have taken it away and put it elsewhere but what have you discovered and what do you think? Uh, it would be amazing to think that this is a cause by aliens. I myself am a huge advocate for that kind of culture, um, which is why we were actually interested to go out and see this. And after, you know, seeing all the videos, because we weren't able to have eyes on it ourselves, um, it seems like it's been debunked. Um, that it, may, it was probably made by, you know, um, an artist. But then again, I don't have, I never got to put eyes on it. So the jury still is out that uh, it could be for aliens or from uh, an artist. Uh, so, Ricardo, you on your Instagram account were documenting um, actually going out and visiting the site of the original monolith. So, like, how long did it take you to get there? And for people who maybe have no idea of, of the, the place it was in, in in Utah, just how remote is it? There's no, it's about two hours away from any, you know, towns or anything like that. So it's pretty far out there. And it's about an hour um, off on the dirt road. So getting there, we drove there in the middle of the night. And, uh, you know, like I said, we drove for eight hours. But you reach a dirt road and going down that dirt road, you need an SUV. So there's a lot of, you know, creek bed crossings and four-wheel terrain um, to get back there. It was quite a journey, um, which actually made it, much more adventurous for the uh, outing. And was there any kind of footprints or sign that someone may have been there before you guys? Well, yeah, there's several footprints 
you know, hiking into uh, the canyon, you could see in the sand, um, the place was gaining a lot of attention. So people from in the masses were coming to visit it. And apparently the day that we uh, arrived, or the night that we arrived, that day there had been hundreds of people. So there were footprints. Um, and actually, when we drove into the canyon about 30 minutes before we reached the destination, we passed a truck hauling a large object in the back, which we believe to have been the uh, Utah monolith. And I even asked, said to myself at that moment, like, oh my gosh, is that the Utah monolith? But I didn't want to acknowledge it at the moment because we wanted to, you know, still believe that we were going to arrive to it. Um, and hiking in, yes, we definitely saw footprints and as well as um, reaching the end of the canyon where the monolith once stood and saw um, just a pea stain and a rude message in, in, the, in the sand written. And then as following that, we saw the tire tracks which were used to haul out the uh, Utah monolith. Now, you say a rude message. I've seen this posted on your Instagram. What exactly does it say? It says the words, by bitch. <laughs> and then you say yeah. someone someone did a little wee-wee beside where the monolith was. Exactly, yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> it was quite an unsettling feeling um, arriving to the scene and seeing that rather than the uh, magnificent alien-esque monolith. But why would it be of anyone's interest to either A, plant it in a certain location, a monolith, and B, take it away again with no explanation? Well, um, if I recall correctly, I was reading an article about the late John McCracken, who this is believed to be the artist who created this. And in one of his, uh, one of the articles I was reading, it said that he once said he wanted to put his art in um, beautiful remote places. So if that was a part of his work, then he definitely succeeded in finding a spot that wouldn't have been found for a very long time. So I could see that, you know, this would be a cool place to put something and have it be a secret. And, you know, if he, if it really was, his, he's not here today to see the story unfold. But as far as its removal, I can definitely tell you that uh, that area did not have the um, the infrastructure to take care of that many people going out there. And you can imagine, you know, um, uh, hundreds and hundreds of people traveling into a sensitive environment where there's things on the ground, such as cryptobiotic soil, um, which takes many, many years to to grow. And um, once it's stepped on, it's destroyed forever. So I think the locals in the area were very unpleased with the traffic that this uh, monolith was yeah. seeing and also just the uh, people not caring about the area. What, when you finally kind of got down there, I know you had a sneaking suspicion when you passed the truck thinking that maybe that was the monolith gone. I mean, what what was your initial thoughts when you kind of got to the location and it was gone? Just pure shock, speechless. I didn't know quite how to react because we had traveled so long to see this thing. And um, it just, our reactions were, oh my gosh, we are the first people potentially to see this missing. Um, Later on, we found out a few days later that we weren't the first to actually see it taken, but we definitely were on the scene and immediately drove two hours out of service to relay the message that we were there. And it was just, yeah, quite a shocking experience to, for a moment, we definitely thought um, it could have been the aliens zapping it back into space, but I don't think yeah. aliens would uh, pee and write in the sand. <laughs> no, probably not. You, you, you never know. These are some renegade aliens that are just causing havoc and tormenting people and, and messing with our heads. Um, so, by the way, what time were, did, were, did you arrive out there? Uh, we arrived to our parking site at um, 
approximately 11.11, actually. And then to the site at 11.39, I think it was, yes, 11.39 p.m. I wonder, like, like, is there any, like, rumours about, I know you have the, the, the artist, obviously, it, it seems to be, it might be his his work that you mentioned as opposed to the aliens, but uh, do you think it's going to pop up somewhere else? I know there's a similar one in Romania. I don't know if that's the same artist or whatever, but is there any kind of, like, either thoughts you have, rumours you heard of where this could pop up next? If there's anywhere it could pop up next, um, I'm sure an artist or an alien that planted this would be planning to strategically place another one somewhere that would um, even grow the mystery further. Um, so a, a place it might pop up is somewhere that's geographically related to the Utah monolith, maybe by latitude and longitude elsewhere on the Earth. Um, I do I do remember seeing about the Romanian monolith um, and that it was looking definitely different than the one um, at the, in Utah, and that one also as well as went missing. So I don't, I'm, I'm unaware of what correlation those have, but I do believe that this is going to cause um, a lot of hunters to go out there and search for further monoliths that haven't been found yet. Well, I'm hoping it comes to Ireland. Someone plants oh, one. Yeah. It'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Open new grains, maybe. Yeah, right. Um, I definitely could see um, one popping up in Ireland. There's a lot of activity going on out there. Um, fingers crossed and as soon listen if we if we do find out in here we'll, we'll let you know and as someone as you mentioned who is interested in this whole area and this whole culture have you ever had any kind of weird encounters or experiences with either paranormal stuff or you know similar things to the monolith happening before absolutely um, if you've ever heard of the San Luis Valley in Colorado it's got a, a it's actually one of the highest um, UFO reported areas in in the country I visited there several times near the San Dunes National Park and uh, um, one evening we looked into the sky on while I was on top of my van and saw several lights in the sky um, following one another brighter than any of the stars or satellites um, in a straight line and it was it went on for minutes and minutes and minutes. And that was uh, in the spring of 2019. And since before then, I've been fascinated and definitely a believer of extraterrestrials visiting us. So I believe that I've definitely had my few encounters or experiences that would, you know, make people turn their head and start believing. I'm hoping one day that I fall in love with someone that looks like E.T. That is my dream, my hope and dream in life. Um, so I really hope that that does happen and that there is extraterrestrial life out there. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Do you mind if I ask you what your thoughts are on the on the Utah monolith or these monoliths? Uh, I, 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 I can 100% wanted to believe that it was something extraordinary and, and special. Like 2001 A Space Odyssey came to my mind straight away. I was like, maybe this is the beginning. And of all years where we needed some sort of divine intervention from an alien species, 2020 was it. Yeah. Maybe they were keeping an eye on us and going, lads, your world is on fire, sort it out. But I suppose I would be s- sceptical enough now that I've discovered that artist that you mentioned and kind of looked into it, it seems as if um, uh, this is more human as opposed to to alien. And as well, I think you mentioned on your uh, Instagram, or at least posted, wasn't there somebody who has some footage or or pictures of the men taking this one down? Yeah, it's been posted. It was posted yesterday um, that um, a local from the town of Moab a group of locals from the town of Moab actually removed it. Yeah. You see, if it wasn't for the writing on the ground, the horrible stuff that was said, I would believe <laughs> that maybe it could be an alien, but... Well, uh, I'll tell you one thing, that uh, the photo that me and my uh, partner took 
was definitely a, re- a more fitting representation of the exit of the monolith. Uh, we did a drone photo of it beaming into space. I've seen it, yeah, no, it, it's, it's really, really good. What is your, um, Ricardo, before we let you go, one, thanks a million for obviously popping on and letting us know how you got on in the middle of the, the, the desert or wherever out in Newton doing this work. But what is your Instagram where people can kind of follow some of the updates you've been posting? Uh, yeah, no problem. Uh, my Instagram handle is just right now Rick. And you spell that R-I-G-H-T-N-O-W-R-I-C-K. Brilliant. Well, uh, Ricardo Marino, who was out at the site, the first to report the Utah monolith disappeared and uh, one of the very few people in the world who was actually out on the site and has first-hand experience of that Utah monolith and its disappearance. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thanks again for popping on the show and we'll chat you again soon. I look forward to it. Thank you for reaching out today. No problem at all. Let us know. Um, what do you make of that? Oh, it's Evan, 6797104. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Uh, we are just chatting to a Ricardo there who was over in the middle of the desert at the Utah Monument. Um, a lot of people think it's aliens. It's probably just that artist dude who put up um, his monolith sculpture thing in the middle of the desert. But it's since disappeared. I think it's E.T.'s grandkids. I, I think so. Mm-hmm. It might be. The other thing I want to do is, how much would it cost you to... How much would it cost us to build our own metallic monolith and hide it somewhere in Dublin? Well, I don't want to build it, but I don't mind hiding it. Any any metal workers? So we've chatted to some people before who are welders who work like in a shop. Uh, well, not in a shop, but in like the yeah the shop, the, the welding the warehouse, shop, the yeah. warehouse welding shop. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Would anyone who is good with metal fabrication be up for building a twelve foot monolith? That we could hide. I know you put it up at the. Uh, you could put it up at the. What's the place I'm thinking of? The haunted place on top of the hill. The haunted hill. <laughs> no, in Dublin, the Hell Hellfire Club. Oh, the Hellfire Club. Oh, or yeah. you could put it up at. It, is it? Uh, I was going to say TikTok Mountain. No, TikTok, isn't it? TikTok, TikTok, yeah. TikTok, TikTok. No, you could hide it. I'm trying to think. Or you could maybe just put it up in the middle of the Phoenix Park somewhere. I was going to say the Phoenix Park. Biggest remote. park in Dublin. In in Europe. In Europe. Yeah. There you go. Where else could we hide it? Hide it, yeah. hide it in my car. Anyone listening who is a metal fabricator, could you get in touch? Price is up for a bit of a job there now, will you? Oh, it's it doesn't need to be that big. 12 foot. It doesn't need to be that big, though. We don't have to do it exactly the same. It does, yeah. We're going to go hard to go home. Well, then show them a picture of the one that's found and then we need to replicate that. Yeah, just look for the Utah monolith and how much would it be to copy and paste that and put it over here. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Well, we could do that for the crack. Well, you find the welder, and I will help you carry it <laughs> to the location. Or do you know what we could do? We get some cardboard and some tin foil and <laughs> just build our own. And just Trust leave us, it will probably we'll have it standing, and it will fall on top of us and kill us. Probably, yeah, you're probably right. Anyway, um, who knows? We might do that. But if you're listening, metal fabricator, or welder person, get in touch, and we'll see see what we can do. Uh, on the way next, fad diets. What are some of the crazy, most insane fad diets either you have done or friends of yours have done? Like, if you're ever in an office, there's always someone doing a thing. You know, there's always. Someone either on a juice diet yeah. or a... The Atkins diet. A beige food diet or something mad. No carbs diet. Yeah, got to be chatting to somebody from a Johns Hopkins University. So proper, a proper person now, a doctor, a proper professor, doctor person who has looked into some of these fad diets, including intermittent fasting and time-restricted feeding. And are they any better than just your standard run-of-the-mill calorie-controlled diets? Who knows? They'll shed more light on that. But we want to know, have you ever done any of these ridiculous diets? How bad were they? What kind of crap were you force-feeding yourself? Let us know. 87 Julie and Calvin Harris on the way next here on FM. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Saoirse Long. It's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104. You can subscribe and get the podcast, listen back to the full shows on whatever podcast platform that you use. Now, if you've ever struggled to kind of lose a little bit of weight and keep it off, and I know everyone has put on the like COVID couple of stone. Yeah. Whatever. We just want to know, have in the past, have you ever done any of those like fad, extreme, ridiculous diets, right? What are some of the craziest diets you've ever found yourself trying to stick to? Did you lose any weight? Did you just yo-yo up and down? Did you then completely give up? What are some of the most extreme diets you've heard of or seen people do? Let us know. 0876797104 because we're going to be chatting to someone in a little bit from John Hopkins University shedding some light on the latest fads and are they any better than kind of your standard, your bog standard scientific calorie controlled diet. But we just want to know crazy fad diets. What's Catherine Thomas got to do with any of this? Uh, that's a very good that's a very good question. Nothing, nothing. So we'll just do crazy fad diets. There we go. We want to know the best worst diet that you've ever done. We're not obviously advocating for it because there's a ton of mad stuff out there. But if you've ever done anything like I knew somebody who was doing like juice diets and they'd be like, I lost so much weight. And all they would have was like three juices a day. This was like four, five, six years ago, maybe they would have three green juices a day. They would swear by it. They would look like death. 
Oh yeah Absolute death But they'd be like I lost two stones Like yeah You haven't eaten in two weeks Exactly I used to do the Let's not eat diet And do that really stupid thing As a teenager Where I was like I'm not going to eat anything Because then I'm going to get fat Which is ridiculous Because It's obviously horribly unhealthy And dangerous And all the rest of it But then you start eating again And you're going to put on weight You just have to balance Your bloody diet It's not that hard I am not the type of person That balances my diet It's simple well, it's not easy. Oh, it's very simple, but it's the most difficult thing in the world. I have a bottle of Club Orange beside me here. Nice. Just looking at it, I, I think it's um, over 300 calories. Sure, it's fine. And you, it's a drink. You can have it if you want. I will. I'm having it, and, I, and I'm happy about that. I had a, a chicken curry before I came in. You know, nice. That's my staple diet. Like I'm happy with that. That's fine. But I once had a friend who went on this diet, this is bizarre, where she was allowed to have um, ice cream, sausages, and banana. Yeah, it's fine. That's what she was eating to yeah, lose weight. It's fine. But like you can you can technically you can eat whatever you want once you're in a calorie deficit. So I know a guy who went on he, this guy he's documented on YouTube. He went on an ice cream diet where all he ate for a month was ice cream and he still lost weight. His bloods were fine, his cholesterol was fine. He just How? made sure that he kept cuz it, it doesn't matter about the type of food, it's the quantity of food. So if you you could have Yeah, but that's just sugar. It doesn't matter though. But would your sugar levels not be through the roof and you'd have diabetes? It, his wasn't, no. His were fine. Weird. Yeah. Okay, well, I found her one really strange. Like, it, I it is or not, yeah. Ice cream, and it wasn't this low-fat ice cream. Full-fat ice cream, bananas, and sausages. She was coming in, she's like, I'm just going to make my sausages and have my ice cream then, and a banana after that. Was she what? insane? Insane. Did, did she make this up herself Did no, she? No, I don't know where she found this out. Did she lose weight? No. Did she get bored of this diet? Yes. Would you, though? I'd be like, ice cream every day and sausage is amazing. No, it's so bland and disgusting, and three foods for... I don't know how long she did it for. Yeah, listen, let us know some of the odder, stranger, more extreme things, you know, that you've done because as time goes on, we unfortunately have to admit that there's no magic bullet no. or magic pill. It's it's you have to eat the boring food over and over again. <laughs> unfortunately, the worst one, not the worst one I did, right? I did, and we're going to be talking about this with this uh, researcher and professor from John Hopkins University next. I did intermittent fasting and keto. Because what they, is keto? they are the fads at the moment, right? Keto is all like, oh, are you doing keto? I'm doing keto. Keto and intermittent fasting goes in. Keto is just eating a high fat diet. So 90% of your calories come from fat. Yes. Uh, yeah. 90%, 80 to 90% comes from fat. And then 5% has to come, less than 5% is from carbs. Yeah. And then the remaining is protein, right? And I did that together with intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting is where you uh, eat for an eight hour window. So between 12 in the afternoon and eight in the evening. And then you just, don't eat outside that window. So you get all your calories in okay. just between that eight-hour window. Now, the reason I did this, there was a reason why I did this, because um, it was for my 30th birthday. Yeah. I went to the doctor and I had a checkup, the first checkup I'd had in like 10 years, I'd say at least. Just did it for the crack, right? And got my bloods done. And they were like, listen, if there's any issues, we'll call you back during the week. I was having some issues with my phone. And three days, or about a week later, I hadn't heard anything from the doctor. And then I checked my voicemail. I was, oh. you have five new voice messages. No. Swear to God, yeah. First voice message was, hey, it's uh, it's the nurse here from the clinic. I just have your uh, results here from your bloods. Could you give us a ring back when you get a chance? Thanks You're very dying. much. Hello. Second voice message. Hey, it's the nurse here again. We haven't been able to reach you. Could you just give us a call back as soon as you can? Thanks oh, very much. Oh, no. Third voicemail. If by any chance you're still alive, could you give us a call back at the clinic? It's just in relation to your buds. I had five voice messages. And uh, you know when you get five voice messages from the clinic and the nurse, you're like, oh, there's something wrong. And they were like, yeah, just come in. 
uh, doctor wants to see you about your bloods. Well, there's nothing worse when that happens. And they were like, no, no, it's me. fine. They were like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. And I was like, you're not fine. You're not going in for no reason. Uh, anyway, I went, sat down at the doctor's and he was like, yeah, all of your bloods are fine by your liver readings. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, your, your liver readings. The number you should have gotten was 40, right? Whatever test you get back, the number yeah. should be in With, around 40 for yeah, a healthy yeah. male. Mine was 158. <laughs> So what? <laughs> yeah, it was way off the scale. What's wrong with your liver? To the point where the doctor goes, um, I are, think this... Are you this, an alcoholic? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, he goes, I think this was uh, a failed positive. Or I think there was a problem with the test because you, you should never get those numbers. So I think, can we, we'll just do the test again. It was probably a bad result. And he goes, have you been drinking a lot? And I said, listen, the radio awards were two nights ago <laughs> or two nights beforehand. Were they? They were actually, yeah. Anyway, anyway, he goes, listen, just stay off the drink for the next three to four weeks. We'll book in for another test at the end of the month and it should be fine. So I spent the next month, didn't touch a drink at all. It was yeah, fine. Yeah. I went back in, got my bloods done again and they went from 158. Remember, they should be 40. They were 158. <laughs> to what? 162. <laughs> You went up again. Yeah. I didn't touch a drink, right? I didn't touch a drop of alcohol. Was your body creating um, alcohol? Like, remember we heard about that guy over in the States? Oh, in his stomach. He was making booze in his stomach or something. Yeah. No, no. What happened was there's this other condition that I had. And he was like, right. uh, People's diets are so bad these days that usually the condition that you have would only be if you were an alcoholic. And you were were damaging your liver really badly. He goes, but what's happening now is because people's diets are really, really bad. um, And you're eating too much, not exercising enough. He was like, uh, you probably have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And I was like, sorry, what? I, I was feeling fine. And you were 30. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you probably have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease from having such, such a bad diet and doing no exercise. So he sent me for an ultrasound. I had to go get like a baby ultrasound and get the results back. And he was like, yeah, your entire liver is covered in fat. Good news was it wasn't deep scarring. It was just fat. It was superficial level of fat. But it was like, yeah, the only thing you can do for fatty liver is lose weight. Right, so then I got all panicked and freaked out and went online, and it was all like, "Oh my god, you got to cut out sugar from your diet because that's what gives you liver disease and all this stuff." Blah blah blah. So for twelve weeks, I cut out all sugar, did this fancy keto thing where I ate nothing but fat, yeah, and did the uh, intermittent fasting where I ate within the window, right, and I lost twenty kilos in twelve weeks. Did you? Fell off. Weight fell off me. Went back into the doctors and did the test. And my bloods were fine. Even the liver cells were like, oh God, thank God, happy days. The only problem is uh, going on intermittent fasting is insanely difficult to keep it up because like if someone books in a dinner for nine o'clock and you're like, sorry, my eating window ends at eight. Yeah. You're a bit of a bell end and no one likes hanging around but with you. Do you think it was more the, the healthier diet you're on as opposed to your... Uh, well, you see, it, 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 it was the fact that I had just was eating less, I think. That's what it was. Anyway, after six months, <laughs> put on all the weight again. Okay. Did you go back then? Yeah. And were you in bits again? Uh, no, I didn't go back again. I just kind of... Uh, Decided to avoid the doctor. Just uh, ignore that. Yeah, do what a man does. But then, yeah, I avoided it. But then I started getting really... Uh, I think I developed sleep apnea. And I started getting heart palpitations. Yeah. Started this year. Oh, well, I told you. My mom yeah. was a nurse. And she, I had actually mentioned this to her. And she was like, can you please get him to check that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I tried to get it checked out. But I couldn't because the doctor was like, we can't take anyone in here because of COVID. So just well, describe your symptoms over the phone. Um... Crippling anxiety, thinking I'm going to have a heart attack and die in the middle of the night. How's that for you, Doc? Anyway, no, it's fine now. But that's what I said. It's really difficult to do those fads because people are now, I think intermittent fasting and keto are like the fads at the moment where they're like, oh, yeah. it's the best thing in the world for you to change your life. It's just incredibly difficult to do it. 
and stick to it because as I said you can't have a coffee with friends at 10 in the morning no. or you can't have a bit of dessert at night because you're like it's outside my eating window just impossible to stick to I've never really been on a diet to be honest because I just can't stick to anything but you're tiny you're one of these metabolic freaks who could probably eat what you want and never put on weight <sighs> yeah I used to I know <laughs> you, you would eat more than me on a night I, out I, I have done yeah like you've bought us food after a night out a lot of us food and I ate all of mine and you f- didn't finish your burger which was weird but um, yeah I do I have. I definitely am hungry a lot I don't eat when I'm not hungry I'm not yeah. one of these emotional eaters I'll but I'd be eat a bored food. eater I'd just keep walking into the fridge opening the door looking in opening the presses multiple times and just going oh whatever no I'd never do that I only ever eat when I'm hungry which probably is the reason why I'm not obese but that doesn't mean to say that I wouldn't put on weight easy I probably do now I'm getting older I, I probably would more um, but Erin uh, has said I remember being on a juice diet as I assumed it'd be a quick fix it worked for a bit but once I started eating again I piled it all back on they're but, all a fad yeah and that's yeah. it when you do those juicy things or let's say cut out carbs completely you lose a load of water weight yeah. and then you lose like half a stone you're like oh my god it's amazing I feel great and then you eat again and you start holding on to a bit of water and then you're like oh I hate my life now I did buy those I don't know I'm not naming any brands in particular but those skinny teas I drank oh, them. Didn't, I did, did when they were out first. Like skinny I'm, teas. I say I was twenty one, oh. and I thought, oh yeah, I'll just drink this, and I can eat whatever I want, and you know, I'll be fine. I'll just be really skinny because that's what the tea says. It's okay, I have the skinny tea. It's fine. Yeah. So that was the only sad thing I ever did. Yeah. Skinny teas were popular. I think they still are. They're, the the influencers love them. It's ridiculous. Just buy you know a, a supermarket brand green tea yeah. if you want to maybe yeah. quicken up the metabolism. I don't know. The only way you can quicken up the metabolism is exercise and technically eating more. I think because you eat less, you slow it down. Anyway, if you've ever done any of these crazy ass fad diets or had a friend in school or college that was doing something that was like, lads, come on now, uh, let us know. 87 Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.